in the next half hour I'm going to share with you and very possibly shock you by revealing one of the world's best kept secrets, a secret that could bring peace to the Middle East. But let's not hold our breath. Hello, I'm Christine Dar here in Jerusalem, and with me is Svi Misenai, an Israeli researcher and author who claims that genetically, and even if they are loath to admit it, up to 90% of all Palestinians who live here in the region are actually descended from the Jewish people. If that can be factually proven, then this land over which there has been so much warfare between Arabs and Jews does not belong to two warring peoples, but to one people, the descendants of the people of the land of Israel. Zvi, you are one of the bravest persons that I know because you're going around in a lot of Palestinian areas as an Israeli and telling these Palestinian Arabs that they are Jews. How is that going down? Yeah, um, first, the issue of the origin is an important issue for almost every Arab. And uh, once you discuss it seriously with them, you cannot be an enemy. Maybe in some extreme cases they don't want you, but it never becomes a, an issue of violence. That's number one. For example, there was only one place that a person from the Muslim movement in Rahat told me, you are not wanted here. But everybody else told, in the same place told me, stay, stay. So I started discussing with him. And uh, he didn't have too much to say. And that was the end. In almost any other possibility, they like to learn to, to, learn to listen. In many cases, even if they don't know about themselves, they know about friends, so they know that it's not rubbish, this is serious. The only uh, news that I'm bringing them, that this is the, much, the vast majority. But now, how has it been proven that the majority of the Palestinians are yeah. genetically Jews? Yeah, okay. First, there are genetic tests. And once there are genetic tests, it's, less uh, it's, it's more difficult to argue with this. That's number one. But number two, when I name the families, and they cannot deny it, they know some of these families, they know some other families, they don't find any mistake. For example, we've, we spoke with the relative of Saibarakat, and she told us that they know, that I, this is a tribe, Bedouin tribe, ex-Bedouin tribe from Abu Dhisir in Jerusalem. And they know about their Jewish origin. So I've written it down in the booklet, in, in all the languages. And then my book has arrived in Arabic to Jordan, and a delegation from Jordan came here to speak with him. And they asked him, is it true that your origin is Jewish? He said, yes. Is it true about the other families? He told them, I don't know about all the families. There are a lot of families here, but those that I know, it is true. So they, they asked him, do you want the one state 
one nation solution, one people solution, he told them no, he told them no, we want the two state. So the Jordanian asked him, why do you want two state? Do you want to continue stealing? This was uh, the action, but in general, uh, we know that the entire, or almost everybody in the PLO leadership know about my work, but they have many reasons, mainly money given to them by the West, not to follow this direction. Well now, if it has been proven that the Palestinians are genetically Jews, not only by their names, but also by some of their customs, what are some of the customs that as you go around, you're still seeing yeah. in yeah. Arab homes? Yeah. Homes yeah. that they're not really Arabs, they're Jews. There are Jews, or originally Jews, under Arab culture influence in many of the cases. Some cases that have more Hebrew or Jewish influence, a secular influence, than Arab. But in general, they, they have some, sometimes less, sometimes more of the Arab culture. Like and candle lighting, for example? Uh, now, what, what do we see? Today, you don't see that much. For example, I, I mentioned before, Somebody told me, he was in his house, the father of the Jordanian commander of the Air Force. He has tefillin in his home. He has tefillin? Yes. Which are phylacteries. Yes, phylacteries. And explain what these are for, our, not everybody in our audience knows this, this about is, these things for prayer. This is supposed uh, to be leather boxes that there are small uh, prayers there inside. There's one for the hand, one for the head. Most of the time they use only the one, they know to use only the one for the head because it is simpler to use. And they use it against headache. And even if they don't have the philatelis, they will take some stripe of cloth and close it around the head and then close it with some key like this to press the, the head strongly. And after this, they forget their headache. So really, these... Palestinians, these Jordanians, Bedouins, even Syrians, and Syrians, Syrians are using tefillin, yes. phylacteries, to cure headaches because yes. it's something that has been passed down in their family and they know it's connected with God, but they're not quite sure what they are? No, 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 not all of them know to, to what it is connected. Sometimes some people think that this is just a simple remedy, but those that have the original know what it is. Most of them don't have the original because it, it blows away. I mean, the, uh, the amortization of this, uh, it keeps for 50, 100 years and then it is gone. For example, one that we found in, in uh, uh, Yatta was covered with stripe of cloth in order to keep it, uh, uh, to conserve it. And initially the person that had him didn't know that there's leather there. By coincidence, you've seen the, the leather uh, appearing out of it for, for a bit, then he understood that this is really leather. That's one case. We have another case in Ramallah. We have another case in Rahat. We, there is, in a famous family in Hebron, there, there are a, a couple of those. So that, that's what we heard up to now about feeling. But there are other customs, for example, lighting candles on the graves, Hanukkah candles, Shabbat candles. We didn't see any of those. But we are hearing the stories 
from them and from others who are telling us about them or they are telling about themselves. We know that until today in Yatta they like Hanukkah candles. We don't know about Shabbat candles. We know that they are eating matzah for Pesach. In Yatta, not the Mahamra, another country have been part of them are baking the matzah themselves because they didn't have supply for the Jews. Uh, we, we know that, that something which is observed in many, many places, at least was up there as long as they baked pita at home. Now oh. you and I took a group down into the Negev desert. Yes. And we went to a Bedouin town called Rahat, and we visited there the peace tent. And there were sheikhs who came out, traditionally dressed sh desert sheikhs. Yes but they said that they are actually Jewish sheikhs. the God of Israel for the protection of our brothers V and of our brothers the sheikhs and all of the brave men and women of Rahat and we thank you Lord that you are bringing peace in a way that men don't always recognize. Now how is it that you have discovered these people because actually here we are up in uh, several many decades that have passed since the founding of the State of Israel. And the first Prime Minister of Israel, David Ben-Gurion, knew yeah. that the Palestinians were Jews. But how come no one has been hearing about this until you came along, Zvi, and started to do research and really popularize this movement, the engagement movement? Okay. First, what we all ha known in his time, and I, we're speaking about 1917, he have seen it from stories of the Falachim and from uh, the, their look and so on, but he didn't have a statistic. And he did have a proof that the stories are real, despite that there have been many stories by Bedouin and Falachim and so on. Only now that we have genetic tests that prove it, we can show it scientifically that this is not a fantasy of somebody. Despite the fact that these people are not normally not, not lying about their origin, they can lie about everything, not that much about their origin. They can lie, lie about the religion, that, that's what they've done here for a thousand years, almost. But about origin, it, it's not, uh, you, very rarely you can find lying about the origin. But now how, Zvi, are you, by the grace of God, going to convince the Palestinians and the Bedouin not to be afraid to come out of the closet, so to speak, and say, we're Jews and we want to be joined with the state of Israel so that we're not fighting, but we can go for it. Okay. How can this fear yeah. be overcome? Yeah. First, many Bedouins said it for a long period, Bedouin in, within the Green Line said it, but the Jews didn't 
react with seriously Ben Gurion sent in 56 Moshe Dayan to do something about it but it failed for some reasons which is not important now Moshe Dayan knew about it as well we just recently discovered when the Sheikh Jabri of Hebron died in his funeral Moshe Dayan wept unbelievable and uh, there are, we know why he had this knowledge we just heard it the even yesterday we heard it. In any case, the, the situation is that, that these people, uh, once we started with the Oslo process, which was a major mistake, it, it looks like a major mistake, and it is a major mistake, but we brought them what presumably they wanted. And they have seen that this is the last thing that we want, that they want. They have seen Jordan, and we are speaking now on uh, uh, Judea and Samaria. They have seen Jordan. It was not the worst, but once they have seen Israel and the progress and the freedom and the prosperity, relative prosperity then, they preferred Israel on Jordan. And the Jordanians didn't let them study in, in Jordanian universities. So once we brought them, these crooks and terrorists from Tunis, they are cursing the day that this happened. They don't want a Palestinian state. This is their biggest nightmare. They just want to be with us, to go to Tel Aviv, to, uh, to work anywhere because there's not enough work there, and to enjoy life. And the, the only problem with us is that we are stopping them from coming there because we are afraid of what their leaders are uh, supposedly leaders uh, are doing to us. Now, I want to tell you about an experience I had just an hour or so ago. I was down in the old city of Jerusalem, and I saw one of my Palestinian friends, and he came to me in front of his other friends, and he whispered in my ear. He said, I'm celebrating. And I said, what are you celebrating about, my brother? And he said, because this week I have become an Israeli citizen. He said, I'm so happy I've been given the citizenship, but he acted like still he didn't want anybody to know about it. Yeah, definitely. So what is going to happen, by the grace of God, that the Palestinians can come out and say, we are Israelis, we're not necessarily maybe Jews, we're not Judahites, but we are Israelites, yes. we're part of no, uh, the tribe. Israelites is part of the people and Jews are part. What we are calling them is in Hebrew, Bnei Israel, in Arabic, Bani Israel, the which is a good, Israel. yes, the sons of Israel, which is a good and important term in the Quran. And also the uh, Ashkenazi rabbis don't want to give them the title, uh, Israel, uh, Israel, uh, I mean, the people of Israel. So they are the sons of the people of Israel because you all have the same genetic fathers, patriarchs. But we, we have also the stories. They are coming. To, uh, we met with a Bedouin yesterday that was in the Israeli army, but he didn't know his origin. But when we started discussing his mother customs, it was clear that uh, the, their origin is Jewish, despite that they knew it from stories, but not from customs. Uh, and uh, in addition, we, we found many cases of people. For example, a month ago, 
we found a terrorist that, that spent 14 years in jail for terror in Arabe. And we started discussing. And then we found that the first person from his tribe that arrived to Arabe, after he died, they were putting candles, lighting candles on his grave. So on the spot, we discovered that they, they are of a Jewish origin. And he also okay. discovered that he spent 14 years in a jail. Just for nothing. For being a terrorist yeah. against his own flesh and blood, so to yes. speak. Yes, What yes. a tragedy. De so definitely. you definitely. are being used, I believe, by God in a prophetic role to help bring about unity that's necessary uh, when the tribes start returning home. Because we know, according to Bible prophecy, that the lost tribes will come back. And I saw a very fascinating documentary on your works, V, in which a member of the rabbinical council here called the Sanhedrin actually made a statement. Here was this rabbi with a long white beard saying, we have been looking for the lost tribes in India, and why haven't we been looking in our own backyard? But you've been doing that. Yeah, let me so how much progress have you made? Oh, first, we have now the majority of the Palestinians in Judea and Samaria supporting us. We have many in the, among the Israeli Arabs that support us, among but the Bedouins. why are we hearing this on the news? If that oh, many people I, I are tell supporting you. I will tell you. First, uh, the, the situation is like this. I spoke with the media many times. I asked them, why are not writing about it? So they told me, we, we gave you some chance, we heard about it, but until the politicians are not speaking about it, it it's not an item, it's a nice study, a nice story, but it's not an item. So we appeared in many places, but they cannot repeat the same story again and again. But <laughs> God willing, in a few months they will hear more. In any case, uh, we have now, we are progressing towards the government, coming from different directions to different ministers. And they are hearing, hearing more and more. And such a revolution, it takes time for them to hear and for, for the information to sink down and to be accepted. Now, uh, it's generally believed that about 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people were exiled out of this land. But yes. although there were many who were exiled, still, there were those who stayed. Definitely. And many of those were pushed into a conversion of Islam, but they didn't really convert in their hearts to Islam. It, it was because of their love of the land that they stayed. And so many of these people today are Arabic-speaking Palestinians yes. and, and practicing Muslims, and some maybe not practicing, but genetically, to recap what we've been saying, they are actually Jewish or from the uh, northern tribes? Yes, there, there are some. We, uh, I can tell you what we know of the various tribes here in particular. But about practicing Islam, let me tell you that the majority of the Palestinians are what we are calling traditional. They are not religious and they are not secular because they want to mingle, to be like everybody. And that's the easiest piece. The, the secular is even easier, but there are, much, there, there are not as many. And the religious, we don't expect most of them 
to convert. They will stay Arab Muslim and will have a minority here of Arab Muslims. It's not a disaster. Actually, this will be the base for uh, bringing here uh, tourists from the Muslim world, which is very important so people can make living here. Now, what about freedom of religion under your plan called the Engagement Movement? Because under your plan, the, the Jewish people and the Muslims and the Palestinian Christians can all live together with freedom of religion. First, and where else would you get that in the Middle East? You wouldn't. The first principle of humanity should be freedom before democracy. Freedom is more important than democracy. What the West is doing now in the, trying to change the Arab countries, to move them from some dictatorship or tyranny to a democracy will not be successful just because the, the problem of the Middle East is even not freedom. The, f the problem of the Middle East is ignorance, illiteracy. This is the problem, and this is why democracy cannot be successful. This is why there is extreme Islam, because most of the fanatic cannot read or write, or at least don't like to read and write, and they will listen to what all the extremists will tell them. So, so the first thing that we have to correct in the Middle East is the issue removing the ignorance and the illiteracy. And we have some plans about it that we'll do together with the Palestinians to improve the entire situation in the Middle East. Because the Arabs are very wise people, the Palestinians are even wiser, they are called Yahud al-Arab, which the, the Jews of the Arabs, and there are many reasons for this. And we can bring a lot of prosperity and development to the entire Middle East. Now, who calls the Palestinians the Jews or the Arabs? I haven't heard that phrase, but that's very oh, fascinating. Yeah, uh, first, it's not used that much today, but it started in, in 1936 when uh, Palestinians that were living in the Galilee mainly, and also in the West Bank moved uh, uh, mainly to Syria and Lebanon in the 19th century. And with the prosperity that the Jews brought here, they came back, but they had the problem to settle in the original places to have to go to work with the Jews, and it was not easy. But the Palestinians suffered a lot. Even from thousand years ago, with all the pressure to convert that they never wanted, and it was just a big uh, game of cheating and lying everybody, and that's why the level of lying among them is higher, because they have, been, they have exercised this on the Muslim authority. So they're suffering, and it's not a secret that they suffered a lot. And their wisdom, and all the problems that they had, like the Jews, and they being, most of them are industrious, like the Jews. So uh, this brought this ter term. It's a new term. And, and one of the issues, their origin. Definitely. Now, one thing that I've really admired about you, Zvi, is I've watched your engagement movement grow, is how you have a love for all the peoples here of this region, not only for the Jewish people, but also for the Palestinian. You want to be inclusive. You want to engage. You don't want to disengage. And this has touched me very much. 
You, I heard you say one time that they have been stolen from us. And what do you mean by that? Okay. The first thing, I will speak about occupation. People are speaking about occupation. The only occupation that exists here is the Arab occupation of the Palestinians, not of the land. We have released, freed the land, but we forgot to free the people. These were stolen for us because they belong to us. They have lived there, here, after the destruction of everything that we had here. And the Muslims wanted to make them Muslim. But as part of this process, they made them also Arabs. So even if it was right to make them Muslims, why they have to make them Arabs? Like the Persian are not Arabs, like the Turks are not Arabs, like the Pakistanis are not Arabs, the Indonesians are not Arabs. These are Jews or the, the sons of Israel, they became Muslim, okay. So taking this identity and us refugees coming after 2,000 years of suffering, Holocaust and a lot of tragedies, and after this having to fight with our brothers here because they were, their identity was stolen. This is a case a of stolen identity. Isn't it interesting, Zvi, that in the West, we have so much. Uh, you have to get insurance now sometimes uh, if you have a lot of money yeah. against having your identity yeah. stolen. Yeah. But this has been a case through the centuries yeah. of stolen identity. And you have been raised up, I believe in many ways, like you would never call yourself a prophet, but you have a prophetic voice in this land uh, to call all of the peoples of this region back to their Hebraic roots. So if anybody would like to know more about your organization, because I know on the internet, for example, not only are your books in Hebrew and Arabic, but they're also in English. Yes. How can somebody contact you? What is your website? The main website is the engagement, the-engagement.org. The, the but we have a Facebook group which is called the Engagement Movement. And everybody's invited to see whatever it likes, uh, he likes. And we are planning to do one also soon in Hebrew, and later we'll have one in Arabic as well. Well, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the Exploits program today, Zvi, because you are doing exploits. You're doing great and mighty things to help bring about a solution, really, of peace and prosperity for the peoples of this region. Kola Kavon, as they say in Hebrew. God bless you, and thank you so much for the work you're doing, and we will follow it with much interest. And I want to invite all of you who watch our program regularly to come up and participate with us in some of our prayer conferences here in the city of the Great King, and perhaps V, we will go with you on another one of your missions to the Palestinians. It, it was great when we did it before and we'd like to do it again. First, it will be our pleasure. Second, I just would like to summarize it in a way of a game. In a sport game, it's either one team loses, the other wins, or there is a draw. And nobody wins, nobody loses. In the two-state solution, both sides lose because everybody has to give part of his beloved homeland, let alone all the risk, <laughs> even ignore the risk that exists here. 
in our what in what we in, we propose both side win so there's not no game that is better than this game of the engagement amen everybody wins in your game of the engagement movement thank you for being a part of this exploits coming from jerusalem i'm christine dark saying shalom shalom